And we can point the finger to these young children when we are all God's children in this room and we are flawed. We're no different from these little children. As God's children, we, we fall. We fail. And God is faithful to discipline us, right? Why are you going through the things you're going through? Because maybe you don't look like Jesus. Number three, and this is going to hit hard for a lot of people in this room, co-parenting is the best parenting. I know some of you, they're not, you're not experiencing this, and this is not to belittle you or to dogmatic you, whether the, the father is involved or the mother is involved, but God designed for parenting has never been to be a single parent. Right? It, it takes two to, to tangle. Right? It, it takes two to mingle. It takes two to reproduce children. There's a kuleana. And the reality is sometimes we go through what we go through is because our, our design and model of, 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 of the family doesn't look like what God designed it to be. Proverbs 1, 8 to 9 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your what? Mother's teaching. Oh, that's all no. For there are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. There's this symbolic picture of God's grace when two, the husband and the, and the wife, are working with each other to raise the children. This is hard. I get it for some of us. Even for those who are still married and, and have relationships somehow, you know, that it's still not working that way. Listen to me, mom and dad. Be one team. Never contradict. Hear me out. Never contradict or embarrass each other in front of your keiki. Because guess what? What the keiki see, the keiki become. Be one team. Support each other. Even when you don't want to support him. Even when you don't want to support her. The whole design for marriage was that God through you would be glorified by your partnership, your kuleana. And the reality is, when our eyes is not on Jesus, we're going to design our family the opposite of Jesus. And I would encourage you guys to, to co-parent together. You may say, man, I, man, he's not involved. He's on a different continent. This is why the church exists today. So many people forsake the gathering which Christ died for. You need support. Christ has given you his church to support you in that. Co-parenting is the best parenting. But the reality is there's not that all the time. Therefore, we got the gospel to the church, to the power of the Holy Spirit to encourage each other. Number four, teach your child to listen. Let me tell you what. Kainalu Elijah Tomaselli will bless your heart. Talking about teaching a child how to listen. Yesterday, Son, can you pack my cup with ice and put water in it? I'm not one of those malahini brothers that like a little bit ice and, and just plenty of water. I like plenty of ice. You know, I just grew up there with my habit. After I pile the water, I bite the ice. Anybody like that like me, right? I just like that. That's all I asked for, right? But you know what he was doing while I was asking him to do that? 
He's playing video games, right? And all that. The devil, right? It is what it is, right? We're working on it, right? And so he goes, he does what I asked him to do, but when he comes back, there's two cubes of ice, right? You think he listened? Not really, right? And so, so, so I was like, man, I'm just tired. I'm hungry. Okay, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll just suck it up, okay? But, but that was wrong. I should have been very clear at that time, this is not it. Go ahead and redo it, right? And, all that, and that's right. We got to teach our kids how to listen. How do we measure that? If they do the thing you told them to do. Very simple, right? Listen to your, Proverbs 20, 23, 22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is what? Old. Be faithful. Listen to me. Be faithful in over-communicating truth. All right? You can never over-communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would ask you to reevaluate your day and how much times do you talk to your child about Jesus? Does he hear more J's, Jesus, or does he hear more F's? And I'll talk about faith, Hawaiian. What is he hearing from your mouth? What are they hearing out of your posture? Are, are they sensing uh, development? Are they sensing discipleship? Are they sensing uh, coaching? Or are they sensing just do whatever you like? Uh, ha listen to me. For us, we have family dinner a lot. And I'm not just saying we have the couch. No, we, we are on our table. We take the Lord's Supper. We, we, we do all that because not just going through the motions of church, but we really believe that's what the scriptures tell us to do. We're listening to God. We are modeling what God tells us adults to do. And, and be consistent in celebrating your child. If they do something correctly, right? Praise the Lord. Let's do it, right? It's even like a football coach. When I'm on the sideline and my running back doesn't do what I'm doing, I'm going to coach them up. When they score a touchdown, when they do a good play, I'm going to cheer them on, right? Oh, and I'm going to invest in them because that's what the gospel teaches us. But we've segregated what the world's view is versus what God's view is because that's the way the norm is today. In all reality, we should look at what God says is true and follow that. Proverbs, look at number five. Number five, love your child like God loves you. Can I get a witness, right? Proverbs 13, 12, for the Lord reproves him who he loves. As a father, the son in whom he delights. You, you heard the saying, right? I'm hard on you because I Right? You heard that saying, right? And that's true. I mean, we got we to gotta be hard. It's because, well, listen to me, it's the unknown experiences that gets our kids, listen to me, in trouble. If they're under my roof, if they're eating my food, if they even drive my car, even if they're 20-something years old, they're not married, they're living off me, let me tell you something. I expect for them to be loved by me. I'm going to coach them. I'm going to train them. I'm going to develop them. I'm not going to send them off for somebody else to teach them something that they don't need to know. I'm going to prepare them for that. You know what parenting is? Parenting is preparing your child for the real mission trip. That's what parenting is. Parenting is preparing your child. This is why Kainalu is homeschool right now. 
Why? Because last year he punched out a couple brothers in highly Christian school, right? We don't want that to happen. We don't want that to do, do that. We, we don't want him to go to jail. We don't want him to be, we don't want, I'm not, not going to come against most of you, but you guys are going to hear me out in my heart, right? I don't want him to be like the 50% of people inside this room that have been to jail. I want him to learn from his aunties and uncles what assault has done, what drugs has done. And I want them to know, all right, that there's consequences when you don't listen to the Lord. But listen to me. God is faithful to love you through the battle. And I'm not talking about a battle with you and your sister. I'm talking about a battle with you and the enemy. God is faithful. I mean, you've heard it. I mean, it sounds cliche that, that, to say that we're hard on them because we love them, but it's true. Look at what Proverbs 3 says. It's not on the screen, but it says this way. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. Correction. Number 12. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves. You guys hear me? The Lord reproves, corrects, those whom he loves. He goes on and says, as a father, the son in whom he delights in. What is true love? Discipline. Discipline. Hebrews 12, it's not on the screen, but you can go on later. Hebrews 12 talks about discipline in the form of a parent and a son. And it said, though it's, it's sore for the child, the result ends well. What he's saying, discipline, all right, develops children to look like the Lord. To look like the Lord. And it is obvious that our joy is to be faithful with teaching the word. Number six, rejoice in and over your child. Proverbs 23, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Make a big deal of your child. Celebrate their accomplishments, but keep them in check. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Keep them. One of the worst things my dad did for me growing up playing football was that every touchdown I scored, I got 20 bucks. Well, my JV year, my sophomore year was my greatest football career ever. I had 15 touchdowns that year, right? And then not only that, I started saying, look at me, bro. Look at all 200 pounds of me. Yeah, you can't catch me, bro. 200 pounds. I still run faster than you, bro. You know, like, like that was my cocky attitude. That was the deal. You know what happened the last game of the season? Break my ankle. Right? Because this is what happens, man. Yeah, we get to rejoice over our child, but we need to teach them that this rejoice is not an accomplishment that we've done in it ourselves, but an accomplishment that God has done through Jesus. Like the only reason why we're breathing to this is because of the Lord. I mean, even, even in our trials and our struggles, some of us not making even ends meet in this room. I mean, we should have joy that we're breathing. We should have joy that we can, we can move and we can, we can clothe ourselves. You know, there's people that can't even do that. There, there, there's a bigger picture than just you sowing all your prosperity today. And that's found in the Lord. Number seven, and we'll be Paul. Trust the Lord always, parents. I get it. Even when life hits you and, brah, no, it even makes sense, this life. Even when at the back corner of your mind, the enemy's 
talking bad about you and like you're not good enough. You know, you're, 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 you basically suck, right? You, you don't deserve God's grace. And, and though there's a lot of truth to that, that's why Jesus came on the scene. Jesus came on the scene so that we could always trust in God. You see, the cross is a reminder of our dependence on who sacrificed their life for us. That sacrifice is still relevant to today. The world may have been changing constantly, but the message of the cross never changes. It's still pono. It's still pure. God has given you and me access to him through Jesus. So why not trust the one who not just died for us, right? <coughs> Listen to me. But he conquered hell and sin in the grave. He did not stay dead. This is not just by scripture saying, but philosophers like Josephus, who wasn't a Christian but lived at the time of Jesus, said that there was a man named Jesus who, who was not even a man because I saw him rose from the dead. Trust in the Lord always. Proverbs 3 says this, trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And do not lean on your own what? Understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. It didn't say in some ways. It didn't say when you feel like it. It didn't say when it all feels good and fluffy, right? He says in all ways. Everything. You know what always means in Hebrew language? Always. <laughs> Everything. Trust in Him. My bills are stacked up. Trust in Him. My relationship is about to break off. Trust in Him. My child, I'm going to conk him if he don't wise up. Trust in Him. All right? When, when, listen to me. Even when my boss short me some change, trust in God. Because this is what the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to act the opposite of what, how God designed you to act. And the way God designed you to act is to be holy, is to be righteous, is to to be peaceful is to be united. Why? Because that is the picture of our Savior, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's the reality. I know. I know what it means to steal from your parent. I know what it means to punch your father physically in the face multiple times. I was that kid. I know what it means to even assault your football coach. That's why sometimes I'm like, oh, God, make sure these boys don't assault me, Lord. Right? Because I'm not in shape. Because if they assault me, the whole church will come after them, you know? <laughs> and, and my church loved me. And, and they, they may think they're not as holy as me, but they are. But they're going to go step side and whack them. You know? It's the reality. Like, oh, God. I deserve worse. I deserve worse. I don't deserve the wife I have. I don't deserve the children I have. We don't deserve the church we have. We don't deserve the Ahupua, the Mauna, the Aina, the Moku. We don't deserve all this. But God in his sovereign grace has designed you and me and the perfect next to all of us who short, fall short of God's glory. God designed us to know him and know him abundantly. Like that's what God has done for us. And if we allow the world 
to be the judge and the jury of how we should respond in God's design for us, we will always live in bondage. But if we, if we allow God, the creator of heaven and earth, right, the maker of all things, if we allow God to do what only he can do, and I, let me just push in some sovereignty action in there, okay? True sovereignty. Here we go. Even if you don't allow him to do it, he will do it. Why? He's God. The Hawaiians were monotheistic. A lot of scholars, as I researched, some of them who live in Hilo, said that Hawaiians worship the God, one God. Uh, many of them called him E. All right? And E, is, e in the Hawaiian language is truth. And E was worshipped for thousands of years until recently, the last couple of thousand years, that Hawaiians became polytheistic. All right? Basically means more than one God. And so you could have up to 40,000 gods in one family, not remembering any of it. But there was an ancient prophecy in 1819 where the high priest, Heva Heva, had a vision from the Lord. And this was through an old Hawaiian story where where uh, uh, that God will come back in a white canoe with a black box. And so Heva Heva got a dream in 1819, and then it was E. And he told Heva Heva to uh, go to this place where I will reveal myself to you. The great King Kamehameha dies a few weeks later, three months, four months comes by, and, and uh, Heva Heva is right at the point of Kauai High Harbor on, the, on this island. Into the harbor comes this huge, massive ship. Its sails were white, as the prophecy was told. And the people on the boat were white, right? And then in their hand was multiple black boxes. And the black box was the scriptures. The white people were the first missionaries. The white va'a was the big ship Thaddeus. The first time the gospel of Jesus Christ came to our moku. Now you got to understand, this was a new message. This message didn't bondage the Hawaiians anymore. It freed them. But it freed them in E. And the way these missionaries articulated the gospel was Jesus. Fifteen years later, right here in Hilo, this is about 1835, the gospel ravished the people of Hanakahi. For a, a, a white man with blue eyes named Titus Cohen. Highly Church was birthed. You guys know Highly Church. Highly Church would be the congregation that bridges the gospel throughout the Hawaiian kingdom. 15,000 Hawaiians at this church. 
the biggest Christian church in the world at the time, next to Charles H. Spurgeon, a, a hero of mine in Cabo Marcus. And the story went on that the one thing that the Christian missionaries taught us Hawaiians to do, their third generation did. And it was part of the Ten Commandments. It's going back to parenting. They taught us Hawaiians that one of the commandments was, you shall not steal. 1893, the third generation of those 20 missionary people. The Holies stole what was valuable to this people, their kingdom. Now, this is not a message to stir up anger in this room. This is a message to elevate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I could wallow in my pride right now and hate every holy that has ever come to this land. But that's not the gospel. Listen to me. Though there has been some bad representation of the gospel, that doesn't change the message of the gospel. Listen to me. When Jesus revealed that history to me through, through kahus and this community and all that, I got angry. But then I became like Jesus because I remember the passage. Jesus said he looked, with people who, he looked out in the crowd and he saw people without a shepherd. Whatever background you come from today spiritually, this is my heart, that I would point you to the designer. His name is Jesus. And listen, about, listen to this. This is what changed everything for the Hawaiians. This Jesus wasn't just for the Hawaiians. Like a lot of our ancestry worship teaches. This Jesus was for the world. Now, you may not understand that, but I've been all over the world. And guess what the name Jesus means around the world? Everything. 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 He's the God of the Hawaiians. He's the God of the Filipinos. He's the God of the Koreans. He's the God of the world. He's even the God of the mixed plates up in this room. Can I get away with this, right? He is God. God didn't come here, all right, to the world to, to, to just condemn you. He came to the world to save you from sin. Parents, what greater message to teach your children today? Yes, it may be a struggle, but in Jesus, we have everything. I want to point to some things that we believe at our church. Here's a mission statement. Right, our mission statement is that we exist to love people to the beauty of Christ. All right? I want to show you a diagram. It's up on the screen. I want you to understand, like, our goal is not to make you better Christians. Our goal, going back to the uh, mission statement, our goal is to allow, to see you fall in love with Jesus. That's our goal. Everything else is the results of you falling in love with Jesus. So your parenting is going to be the result of you falling in love with Jesus. But, but we have, I want to show you some priorities and our DNA of our church, because you may not know. 
But you, this is what we believe as a church. Here's some of the priorities. The next slide. Our priorities is the gospel, the family, and the mission. Those are the three things that we focus on as a church. The gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, what just been proclaimed. The ohana, the family right here. Not just one big ohana, but the individual families. That when you go home, that you are sharing the gospel with your family. But not just that, but also that you're living this out every day on your mission field. Right? For me, it's the football team. Ha ha. Bruh, when I came into this program, all right, it was a rough program. All right? They were winning and all that, but the character was... Right? I mean, it's like, it was just down. But the gospel encouraged me to be life on mission. Right? And what better yet the team that I got kicked off my senior year for assaulting a coach, right? That's God's grace telling me that I get second chances. The gospel, the family, the mission. Man, my husband don't act this way. My wife don't act this way. My children don't act this way. Well, then choose today to act this way, to be this way. And, and here's our DNA. With the gospel, with the family, with our mission, we're going to gather, we're going to grow, and we're going to go. Individually, this is what it looks like. We're going to gather with Christ, we're going to grow in Christ, and we're going to go with Christ. Right? Through the weeding of the word, through prayer, through supplication. Together, we're going to gather together. Though many forsake this gathering, we're, still, we're not going to give up on the gathering. We're going to gather together. We're going to grow together. And we're going to go together. Why? Because we can do more together than apart from one another. This is what we bleed, guys. This is our cocoa as, this is our, cocoa as our church. That our priorities is the message of Christ, the ohana, the mission. Our DNA is that we gather, we grow, and we go together. Why? Because there's people that don't have this message. You cannot assume because the, one of the greatest churches of all time that started here, that everybody knows Jesus. That is not true. How do I know that? Come hang out with me every day, 2 o'clock to 7 o'clock with the football team. They don't act the way they were intended to be designed by God. Therefore, we have the greatest message to teach them. So, so this is what I want our families to commit to today. We've been doing this for the month, but number one, I want to continue to do weekly family worship together. Have dinner together. Read a scripture together. Pray together. Sing together, right? Uh, number two, with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, I want you to hanai a family in our community and bless them. I want you to bless them. I want you to be strategic about it. I want your family to honestly ask your family, who can we bless this Thanksgiving season, this Christmas season? And obviously, I want you to keep on doing this as this season ends. Why? Because the giving of season never ends. So God has given us this platform to showcase how he designed us for the gospel and to advance to the ends of the earth. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Thank you, God, for your ministry of reconciliation. God, in fact, right now we know everybody looking around with every head bow and eye closed. I've had some conversation with this people in this room. If, if, if you are one of those that just need God to radically speak to you this morning, and he has through his word, but, but you need him to heal you. You need him to to caress you. You need him to comfort you. If that's you this morning, would you with nobody looking around, would you simply just raise your hand 
and be so bold. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep your hand raised. And I want you to face your palms to the heavens. And I want you to receive from the Lord this prayer. And everyone in the room, repeat this prayer after me. Everyone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Honey me. Love on me. Speak to me. Free me. Give me life. Keep bow your heads. God, we love you. Help us to identify our need for you, Lord. Help us to be genuine followers of Christ. The way you've designed us, not the way the world. When, when someone after this, this gathering wants to complain on Facebook and social media, remind them that's not your design. Your design is to encourage and give life. When someone wants to provoke their child, remind them that's not how you designed them to, to lead. Remind them to love well. When, when they're not thinking and they're just saying things out of their mouth, would you literally mute their mouth that they cannot speak? Just like you did with Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. Only allow us to speak the words you want us to speak. Only allow us to confess what you want us to confess. May it not demean people, may it not undermine people, but may it lift people. Lord, we love you. We're changed by you. And if you believe that everybody say amen.